being a little bit more mindful and present and that sure in, in our situations relating to putting on a hat when you go outside because those little things are going to add up and that's like little habits that we have little habits that we do day to day they are like kind of defining over time our life and our health. And so that's really, to me, what the No Sun Club means. It means get out, have fun, but also just be thoughtful about taking care of yourself because we have, you know, one self, one body. Welcome to the Glam and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Takara Suet, head of partnerships at Wavebreak. On this show, we talk with leaders of beauty, fashion, and lifestyle brands. We dive into their stories, lessons learned, and perspectives on how the industry is ever evolving. Subscribe and join us each week as we glam and grow. This episode is brought to you by Wavebreak. Most brands don't email right and it costs them. With ad costs getting more and more expensive, a world-class email and SMS program is essential. This is why Wavebreak exists. We're the premier email and SMS marketing agency that helps brands take their retention programs to the next level. If you want to learn more about partnering with us and how we can help, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co slash call. Joining me today on Glam and Grow is Jordan Harper, founder and CEO of Bareface. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to chat with you. Um, before we dive into Barefaced, tell me a little bit about your background and and your time as a, a nurse practitioner and and how that inspired you to to start the brand. Yeah, so I kind of like even before I became a nurse practitioner. I started getting interested in skin end of high school when I started having like some skin issues and I had to go to like a series of different providers to kind of like figure out what was going on. And so that kind of piqued my interest initially because I felt like a lot of times when I went into these medical offices that everyone was so rushed and they like weren't giving me any time. So it was just like, it was almost like they were in there talking to me with their hand on the door. Have you ever felt like that? Yeah. You know, I'm like, it's well, like a on. factory sort of experience. They're just, yes. Like, it's so frustrating too. Cause you're like, cause you don't really know what's going on. You're not really like it. You're like, that's why I'm going to see you. You're supposed to be like the expert. And then I was like, <laughs> felt like I was being so rushed and they just wanted to like prescribe something really quickly and then move on. Well then like, that, that didn't help. So anyways, ultimately I ended up going to see a nurse practitioner. I saw her and she just like took more time and like educated me on skincare. And then also like some lifestyle modifications, like basic stuff. Like how about you wash your hands before you touch your face? And, you know, like little things where you're like, oh yeah, that does make sense. Of course I'd be breaking out, you know, if I'm like touching my hands or touching my face, my face isn't clean. So she like provided me a lot of different tips that were not that felt like very tangible and very easy for me to understand. So I was like, well, this is very cool. And so that kind of like jump started me to like be thinking this career in skincare. And she was a nurse practitioner. And I remember asking her, cause I didn't really understand the concept of what a nurse practitioner was. And so I asked her like, why, like, why would I not just become a nurse? And she was like, well, the, the advantage of being a nurse practitioner is that you can prescribe medications. You're basically like a step below a doctor. You go to extra schooling after, so you become a nurse first. Then you go to extra schooling to get your doctorate or master's. And so it ends up being around like the additional schooling is around two and a half years. And so that's where you get that like nurse practitioner and gives you like, you can treat one-on-one patients, et cetera. So that's kind of like my journey. Went to uh, college, became a nurse practitioner or became a nurse, then became a nurse practitioner. It was kind of a journey. And, but the whole time I knew I wanted to do like cosmetic dermatology. I just like always had that clarity because I had also gone to with my mom sometimes when she had gotten Botox, like when I was in college and I was like, Ooh, this is so cool. And then I got laser hair removal, et cetera. So until you have to start doing it, then it's, (laughs) it's less. It's like interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And I just knew like, 
it wasn't like a typical doctor's office. I mean, I've worked in, I, I worked, ended up working in ICU for five years, like while I was in school um, as a nurse, like, you know, paying my way through school for nurse practitioners. So I definitely have like the hospital experience, but I was like ready to phase out West after I became a nurse practitioner. So yeah, so that's kind of like, I definitely had that clear direction. And then, um, so I was practicing and I've now been a nurse practitioner for almost 10 years. And I was treating patients just with skin issues. Um, but mostly, actually, I say skin issues. Mostly I was treating patients that were coming in to get injectables. And what I saw was, is that like, they were willing to, you know, invest in these procedures like Botox, fillers, lasers, chemical peels, all that stuff, no problem. And, but they didn't have like a solid skincare routine. And it wasn't because they weren't willing to invest in it. They, they just like didn't know what to do. And so I think of skincare, like brushing your teeth, you know, like doesn't mean you don't need to go to the dentist every six months, but like you do need to brush your teeth twice a day. And that's how skincare is. Yeah. Like you're not going to, you're not going to have a good teeth if you don't brush your teeth every day and like healthy, you know, a healthy mouth. And the same thing with skincare, like you can't just come in and get these office treatments once or twice a year and expect for your skin to look good. Yeah. And so it was like, kind of like learning their, their confusion around like skincare and really like that goes hand in hand with an, with a treatment that you're going to pay for to get in office. And so it just started giving me kind of ideas on like, and I say this all the time. I'm like, I don't really have a lot of original ideas, but I do listen very well. And I remember even in high school, people were like, you should be a reporter. Cause I was just always asking questions and like listening. And I think that's served me really well, um, treating patients because I'm, a, I ask questions and I listen and then I can like create like a vision or I can create something from that. But like, I never planned on starting a skincare line, but it was almost like continuing to see the need after treating thousands of patients I was like, well, what I first did was I just created an Instagram account. And so I just started, because I was like, people are asking me all the time. And I think this is a really good tangible thing for anyone who's like wanting to start a business. It's like, what is the, because a lot of times we want to be like, oh, I want to be like, what what should I do? You know, what, what should I do with my business? And I think that the tangible thing you can ask yourself is like, what are people asking me the most? You know, like what are people asking me the most? And that's probably something that's like, they're seeing value in me. And then I can create something out of. And so for me, I just started posting skincare tips on Instagram. And so just like started seeing the need there, answering questions, and then kind of everything then evolved from that point. Long story long. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I think you would have been a great reporter actually, but I'm I'm yeah. glad you're I'm glad you're in skincare because you're you're helping everybody out. But I think you bring up a good point. You mentioned like people are investing in all of these injectables and and these peels and things of that nature, but they weren't investing in their skincare routine. But I think for so long people intended to invest in their skincare routine or were just misled or uneducated. And that's what's sure. been so incredible about the last couple of years, things have changed so much, particularly really even the last maybe three to five years. And you recently celebrated your your third anniversary, which is super exciting. But what gap would you say, what did you exactly see and what was lacking in, in people's skincare routine and, and what were they missing that you felt you could fill the void? So I, there's a ton of skincare products out there. And so our brand barefaced is a medical grade skincare line. And so that's really like where I feel like my area of expertise is like we focus on results driven products and that's where treating an office, that's the kind of routines we, I would be creating for people. So when I was creating these routines, 
I was noticing like that it was taking a lot of products to get to this end result, which was then like providing a lot more confusion for the patient to be like, okay, like, and so, you know, I'd write out these like elaborate routines and like, and they would follow them. But I mean, there's a, there's a drop off a little bit when there's confusion. Right. And when it feels like there's a lot. And so I saw the need one from um, a medical grade standpoint to like, how can we simplify these routines and make it so like we can have the, just the core concepts. Like there's, there's um, foundational products that the skin needs to actually um, change and to be healthy. So think about building a house. You have to have a solid foundation before you're going to consider adding windows, walls, et cetera. So there's a lot of like booster skincare products that you can use. But if you don't have the like foundational, I call them like, we call them the bare necessities, but it's also like the core four. If you don't have those people, a lot of times are treating their skincare concerns instead of like starting with the foundation, having strong, healthy skin, and then treating your skincare concerns on top of that. So you're really, you can be really underwhelmed by the results of skincare. If you don't have this like foundational uh, starting point. So I saw that a lot of people didn't know you know, it's like, oh, I have acne. I need to use like this cleanser. Well, it's like, hold on, hold on. Let's get your skin healthy. Then you can focus on treating the acne. And so like, or then you can focus on treating the redness or irritation, sensitivity, rosacea. And so that was like the lack of understanding of like what products to start with was the biggest gap I saw. And really the lack of education outside of going into a medical office. And so that's what I was trying to do on Instagram was just, um, and on my blog is just educate on skincare and helping them kind of figure out, okay, this is like what my skin type needs this. And so that's where I saw the biggest gap. And so that's kind of like what gave me the idea of how can I, so when you said you like the toning pads, the toning pads are, yes, they can serve as a toning step, a prep step for all the other products you apply after, but it's essentially also like a serum. So you're getting like so many benefits. I wanted to, I mean, if I could create one skincare product that did everything I would, it's just not possible, but like you're getting so many things out of, out of each of our products. So it's not like, oh, you're just using a toner. Now you got to use something that has some acids in it. Like it, we're really trying to make each formulation essentially like, you know, a couple serums, 10 serums are overachiever serums, like 10 serums in one. So you're really trying to get like the most out of your products. One, just because who doesn't want a more simplified routine, you know? And like, so that's kind of like how I was, I, I was approaching it when we started to formulate these products. Yeah. And I definitely want to dive deeper into, into the products for sure. But you mentioned the products are medical grade. I find that really interesting. There's a lot of buzzwords in skincare, sure. clean beauty, all of things of that nature. So talk to me about what, what the differentials are. And when someone's on this journey of discovering, you know, better for you or more premium skincare products, what, what is the difference of medical grade? So here's what I think. I think that these words are buzzwords, right? And I think of all of these words as descriptors. And I, I, really feel like something that's I'm really passionate about for Bareface and just for my own like reputation is ethical marketing. And obviously every brand wants to sell products, but I think there's a way to do it ethically. And I, I that's where I think these buzzwords have like, so I say it's medical grade product line and it is, but also a clean, like people have, you know, words like clean beauty. Um, what are the other, like all natural, all these things. I don't ever want to like fear monger anyone into like buying something. And so that's like the issue that I have with the clean space and our products are clean, like clean is important, but like 
we don't, I don't really like to stand on that marketing platform because I feel like it's now turned into a fear mongering platform. You know, it's like, I, I want you to feel safe using our products. These are clean products, but it's like, I, I get hesitant to like jump to these different platforms that I know we fit into this box. Um, but so for medical grade, this product line, we, I would say what medical grade means is it's focused on being results driven. Typically these products are going to have higher active ingredients. And so they require, which is why you're seeing them in medical offices. They require some, um, some education. And that's really important for my platform and the bareface platform, because, you know, if you're not using these products properly, then you can have some adverse side effects. And some of that can be anticipated because we're wanting to induce change in the skin. And some of it can be, and, and we have people, we, you know, we have a text line, we have email, you know, DM that people can send all their questions, anything like that. And I think that's a really cool resource that I don't see a lot of um, skincare lines, especially medical grade lines have. I've I will go crazy like emailing different companies just because I want to see like what kind of feedback they're going to give. And they're like, um, we can't give advice on that. We can't, you know, they don't ever want to like, they don't want to give advice on anything. Well, I, I mean, I guess like a CYA. About, about getting sued or something. To yeah. So actually that's yeah, a sure. great question. How do you, how do you mitigate that risk of, you know, making this claim of like medical grade, so to speak? How do you, how do you ensure that you're able to do that? Yeah. So none of these terms are like regulated. So what I was saying with the ethical marketing, like none of these terms are regulated by the FDA or not. So that's why like anyone can say anything. And I think that's important to know. And that's why making sure you're finding a brand that you, that you believe is practicing with integrity and practicing ethically is like really important. And that's why you see a ton of these products online all the time that they look like it's a surgical result. Like that's just simply not true. And so our products being in the medical grade space, like that's a, uh, we, we, our lab is that we manufacture at does all the top, like top four medical grade lines. Like we have a higher like standard, I would say, but I don't want to ever say like another brand doesn't have a high standard of products, but I do believe that our, com our formulations are super complex. And I know our active ingredients are typically higher just because I know I mean, there's no way the price point that some of these products are sold at at drugstores they're not going to have that level of ingredient, but they're also not going to have that potential side effect. Right. That makes, that's really interesting. That's a great point. Talk to me about the development process. I'm sure you were hands-on in the process to say the yeah. least. How long did that take? How many iterations of the product were there and, and what did you launch with? So the development is so interesting. Like I have no, being in the medical space, I have no like business experience. I know that's all. what I was going to say. Like it's, it's, you have this one, you know, part of your brain that works really well, but then, then you've completely taken Shifted, on a whole new, of. a whole new role. Yeah. Like once I felt comfortable, almost like in that medical space, then I was like, okay, now I have this foundation. Now I can like build to business space. But I would say, uh, I do feel like watching my parents and I think a lot of what I know about business and how I like practice now is a lot of it is from just observing again, like going back, like I'm always observing how people and even the practices I worked for before I owned my own business, I was just always watching like how they ran their business, how they treated their employees, how they treated their customers. So I definitely am very, you know, and even now I would say most customers are like smart, you know, like we kind of like, you can get a sense if you can, if you're like in a business space, you can kind of get a sense of like the, the type of business that it is. But so the development is very interesting. And I love our manufacturers that we use. They have, we have a master chemist, uh, master formulators. And so 
our goal again is like going to these like sophisticated, sophisticated, complex formulations that can do a lot. And so they, they help with, they do all of our testing. We get third-party testing done. There's all these different, like these different things that you have to do along the pro along the way, but it takes around like 18 to 24 months to start to like get a product with packaging, formulation, testing. Um, so it's not a quick, it's not quick, <laughs> but most good things are. Yeah. I'm curious, you know, you mentioned your manufacturer works with the top, you know, four other mm -hmm. medical grade brands, so to speak. How was it difficult to get to convince them to work with you, especially not having that business background? Was that challenge for you? You know, it wasn't, but I think it was because by the time I started talking to them, I was already like using several of their products. I was probably, and I remember, I think in what year this was, I had already been using a lot of these products um, in office. And so I was really familiar with a lot of the different reps and everything. And so they're the ones that actually connected me. Oh, that's great. always got to be. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I, really, I really wanted to be. Yeah, you got to be networking. And so that's how I got the idea. Then I started talking to a chemist within that. I mean, I don't think they expected much. I'll say that. You know, like I don't think they expected <laughs> and much. And I'm sure from you me. Yeah, I'm sure you've blown their minds. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It's always uh, to me it's like I always want to be underestimated. So I think that's the best I way. That. I want to like think think what you will and I will do more than what you think. Yeah, I bet you will. Um, I believe you bootstrapped the business, correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. So tell me how challenging that was. Like, where did you determine, you know, where to allocate resources and and how were you able to build? Because you've, you've grown very quickly in, in a few years. How were you able to do that? Yeah, so the biggest thing, so I had no no money <laughs> at all. Uh, and my husband, like I was saying, he, when we were talking earlier, he was in a medical school. And then, so he was, we had loans from his medical, uh, medical training and he's now in residency. So he is kind of like, and then I was just working, uh, as an MP. So I was, and again, like not having business experience, I didn't even think to reach out to like an investor. I wouldn't even have known what to do. And so I, at this point, by the time I ended up launch, uh, by the time I had launched Barefaced, I had had my Instagram for about maybe five years. And so I had already built this community and they had given me like basically all the ideas to start the product line in so many ways, right? Like with, with the questions that they were asking, the concerns they were having with their skin. So by the time I had picked like the products we were going to launch and do all that, like I already knew they were going to be successful in the sense, cause they had already, they basically told me what they wanted. I was just like providing that for them. And so, but I didn't have the money to like put them into production. Yeah. It's so, not, it's not inexpensive. Yeah. So what I did, um, was I put, uh, I think it was like $25,000 or something on a no interest credit card. This is like life hack. If anyone's never used it, I've, I've done this so many times and I'm in like no debt and I didn't stay in debt. I didn't pay interest. So I got a 0% no interest credit card and I put as much as I could on it, but I think I only had like a $5,000 max. So I had to get five different credit cards because we didn't have, you know, I didn't have enough credit, I guess, to like get a higher, uh, amount. So I just get, put it on these different cards and do you and ever then, freak out at any moment or you, or your husband, were you like, what are we doing? Or you, you had such, such drive and, and vision for this. No, I didn't because I'd done this before when my husband was taking prereqs for school, I had put his school on credit cards too. Cause we didn't, um, it was like $30,000 or something. And so I had to do the exact same thing and we just paid it off in three years. So I knew that like, and I just, I, 
No, I actually didn't. I didn't. I, there was definitely a point where I was like, hope this works. <laughs> yeah. I bet. But, I, but I, I felt like I'm all, I've always been very, like, I'm not afraid to take a risk, but I'm taking a calculated risk. Like I knew this wasn't just something I thought was a good idea. So I think that's where I, if I just thought it was a good idea, yeah, I'd be pretty concerned. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have done it, but I feel like since I had so much feedback, uh, from years in practice and then years on social and hearing all that feedback, like it gave me, I just knew it. I knew it would solve, pro- like be a solution to a problem. So I was, I felt good about it. I'm still nervous, but I didn't like worry. And I just always feel like, you know what, if it doesn't work out, like I can always make more money. You know, I'm not 80, I'm not 85 and I yeah. figure this out somehow, but yeah. So I put it on credit cards. That was like my initial deposit, but then to actually get the products to go into production, that whole process, I just took pre-orders and that paid for the rest. And then the whole first year I essentially did that. And all the money just kept going back into the business. Oh, wow. That's brilliant. Did you ever have any delays or anything that you weren't anticipating? Yes. How did you, how did you navigate nightmare. people getting really upset? Yeah. People get really upset. So the very <laughs> first really order upset. they do. And you're just, and you feel it so deeply because you're like, that's not, you know, it's out of your hands a little bit, especially with shipping delays and all that kind of stuff. So the first pre-order, I bet it took us like two months to get these products out because my husband and I were like shipping them in our garage. I mean, we just like weren't prepared for all this stuff. And that's again, why I feel like it's so important. We, I had that community built first and there was a lot of understanding that they had with me that it's not like they were buying from some random company. People definitely were upset. Don't get me wrong. I try to, you know, block those moments out because I do feel like overall, when I think about right now, we have a 90% uh, customer retention rate. Wow. And, um, which I think industry standard in skincare, I think is like 30%, maybe 25. Um, but I think it's very high. Yeah. But I think it's because we like focus so much on the community aspect and the education aspect. And so, yes, people were really mad. And I feel like more people were fine and trusted the process and they knew it was a pre-order or like they knew there was some delays. Um, I would say that it's the outliers. I really feel thankful that the community that we have is we get very little hate. You know, you can't avoid it, but Good we get you. very little, you know, one out of like maybe a hundred. And I think it's because we're not really ever, I, we're not really ever trying to sell in my opinion, like maybe now this year more, because we've had like kind of more of a routine. We're like doing a little bit more. We've never really done ads before this year. We never did any type of, you know, paid campaigns, anything like that. We were just educating. So it's like, Hey, if, if you feel like this is going to work for your skin, try it. Otherwise, like maybe try this. And I think we've built a level of like trust by having brand integrity and then, ultimately like that ended up making sales because people knew that we were going to like trust them. And I think that's what, why we have a higher customer retention rate because we're never focused on like a one-time sale. This episode of Glam and Grow is sponsored by AdNabu, the only app you need for advertising your Shopify store. If you're looking for affordable ways to reach new customers, AdNabu could be the solution you're looking for. AdNabu offers the convenience of managing shopping ads across various online platforms like Google Shopping, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and more with a single app. What sets AdNabu apart? It's innovative AI technology. It optimizes your product listings to generate more sales for your store. 
Powered by the same language models fueling chat GPT, its AI tech generates the best strategy for each marketplace in real time, saving merchants the hassle of hiring experts and giving them more time to focus on growing their businesses. As a listener of Glam and Grow, you can enjoy an exclusive offer. Adnabu offers a 20% discount on all their paid plans with the code GLAMANDGROW20. To learn more about how Adnabu can work for your brand and to learn more about this exclusive offer, visit www.adnabu.com slash GLAMANDGROW. Now back to this episode. Yeah. And I mean, the products really work, but- um, Yeah. And the products have to- Yeah, they they do. I definitely want to dive into products and like deeper in community, but I'm curious when you initially started posting on socials, was the intention initially to sort of be like a skincare influencer and then it grew into the brand or did you always want to eventually have your own brand? You know, I don't think I, I definitely don't want to be a skin. I wasn't even thinking about being a skincare influencer. I was thinking, oh, I can get more patience because I can showcase like how I can educate you on these different things. So and crazy how, how can- the world's changed. <laughs> yes. And so in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm just building in um, my patient base. And so then, but then what I started to see was, so I was initially posting skincare tips, but also some before and afters of injectables I was doing and, um, or like laser treatments and before and after kind of stuff. And with the goal of getting more patients. But then what I quickly saw was that the majority of questions were about skincare. And so then again, like I'm not the one with the original ideas here. I'm just seeing the need and seeing like these, this is what is more interesting for people. These are more shared posts. These are more engaged with posts. And I knew anytime I got questions, it was skincare questions were way more frequent than like an injectable question. And so I just started posting more of that content. And then I would mm -hmm. actually think sometimes it would be the opposite or do you, because I feel like for some people, you know, even 10 years ago, eight years ago, I don't feel, or maybe because I was younger, I don't know. I don't feel like people were talking about the Botox and injectables quite as much. So that's interesting to me that people were more focused on skincare or do you think that's because it's more accessible and, and something everybody does as opposed to, you know? Yes. That's what I think. And I think, uh, and and it could be a little bit of how I was educating too, because I still believe that, and I, it is the truth too, that skincare is the foundation. So like that should be the first thing you do. And then if you're wanting to do additional things, then consider going in and getting office treatments, doing things in the right way is going to yield a better result. It's a life lesson for every aspect of life. But like, if you build according to like that philosophy and that's more cost-effective, accessible to so many more people. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about product. Um, I'll definitely share share my personal experience with the brand, but um, I'm curious what product you did you end up launching with and was it difficult to choose or you were just essentially doing your own little data analysis from your community? Yeah, I actually, the first product was toning pads and this is a product that I- Oh, just wow, that is what you launched with. Oh, that's yeah. so And they are like- they drove so much. Like we could not keep these products. We could not keep toning pads in stock. Like the very first, maybe nine months to a year after they launched. And so, I think that's. I I remember a good friend of mine who has started sold a bunch of businesses. She was like, "That was so smart of you to so keep smart selling out toning pads." And I was like, "No, no, I'm. Not, I didn't mean to do that. I was so stressed that they were like selling out all the time." But she was like, "That drove so much demand for those products. Like they, we have." 
thousands of people on subscriptions for those because they kept selling out. And then we had another issue where they were just sitting in 2020, just like sitting in a boat, you know, for two months that we couldn't <laughs> oh, get them. So they were sold out. And uh, but yeah, she was like, it was so smart that you just decided to sell those out all the time. And I, and now like that drop ship, you know, sell out model is like very popular, but I didn't even know to do that. I felt very stressed that they were selling out all the time because like you were saying with your skin, like consistency with skincare is really important. So if you're starting to use a product and then you run out and you can't use it, it's really frustrating because you notice a difference in your skin. And so that's not really ideal for skincare to sell out. Like you don't want that to happen, but it did drive a lot of demand for the product. And then people, people were like gatekeeping on their friends. They wouldn't even tell them because they're like, no, I can't let you know that this product <laughs> is going to launch because it always sells out. I but haven't been gatekeeping. I've been, I've been sharing it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. D- d- before we hit record, we were briefly talking about it and and I'm really fortunate that I get to try so many skincare products. And I, I was sharing with you that recently I, I've, the, for the last year I've been doing the 1233, the treadmill series and sweating more than I've ever sweat in my entire life. So gross. But the, t- I was starting to get a little bit of acne on my face, which was very abnormal for me. And the toning pads, I would say within three days, it was completely yeah. gone. Like I could not believe it. Um, even my husband was like, wow, your skin like looks amazing. Um, so I want to dive deeper into the toning pads. I'm curious now you have like three iterations of it. And I'm curious, like when you recommend maybe someone mm. upgrades or something to that effect. Also, I will say something else that really impressed me with them. I went on a trip recently and I threw them in a plastic bag. I'm sorry if that's bad. Yeah, that's good. But yeah. I was like, and they they were. St- I thought they were going to dry out. I was like, yeah. I wonder if these are these are not going to work. Like, because you know, I mean, it's so annoying with travel. I didn't want to like do a whole thing. I was like, let me just throw them in quickly, and they were still so moist. Like it didn't change any of it, and that really impressed me as well. So like, I feel like well, that's a new well, that's not a new thing. Their potency, yeah. Because I've had other pads like the second they hit the air, you know, they'll dry, they dry. out quickly. And I was like, wow, this is great. So even I can travel with them, which, you know, I'm not going to bring the the whole jar as cute as it is. Like it's, it's big, but I was like, that's incredible that they really last. And, um, yeah, they don't dry out at all. Um, which was, I was impressed with, but before I start rambling, tell me the difference in the toning <laughs> pads, toning pads too. When would someone maybe consider upgrading and, and what the differences are? Yeah. Um, I want to touch really quickly on your travel, uh, the travel thing that you just said, because we had these pads and they were saturated to a certain amount and then they just weren't saturated enough with the solution, with the formulation. And really we knew that like from people like you telling us. And so that's something that we added probably six months after we launched or maybe even three, you know, added more saturation because so, and I think that's such well, an advantage works, that we yeah. have. Yeah, because we have direct communication with our customers so we can implement things pretty quickly if we're noticing, um, and that to me, and two, you can use those on other areas than just your face. You can use it on your face first. I use them everywhere. <laughs> yeah, like bring it down everywhere. to your arms. Yeah, it's yeah. great. If you like notice um, like, you know, body odor after like exercise, you can put them on your underarms because that oh. um, glycolic acid can help break down some of the, um, yeah, like the smell. You still need like deodorant, but for like body odor, but Anyways, and we're working on a travel pad packaging. So, oh, that's great. Soon. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes. Okay, so toning pads and toning pads too. I I wanted to have two options for um because skin types, not all skin types can use the same thing. So, toning pads are formulated for more like normal to dry skin, and the way we position those are if you're new to to- if you're new to the brand, that's where you start. 
because they're a more gentler um, pad on your face. Now, if you are using those and you're still feeling oily, if you're still feeling acne prone, then you can bump up to toning pads too. But you want to do that after you've been using the regular toning pads for at least one jar. Okay. And and it's and it would be totally – I like, hesitate to say this because I'm like, I don't want to confuse anyone, but it would be totally fine to like jump into toning pads too. But I feel like that goes back to like how we, how we present our products to our patients. Well, I consider our customers patients, but like they're not <laughs> patients, but that's yeah. how like my mind works. But I want people to like have this experience where they ease into our products and they're not feeling like their face has to fall off. You know, some of these results driven products and medical grade line, like your face is like way too strong. Crazy yeah. For, yeah. Totally agree. And it's just and then that, then you stop because you don't like it. And then you're never going to see results. So my goal is like to not be, to do the most. It's just to do the, something that you can do consistently. So you gradually build your routine. So that's how you, that's how I think of the toning pads and toning pads too. And you don't ever have to bump up. Like if your skin is happy. I know it's like, pads, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But, it, yeah. but it's like tempting because it's working so well. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, should I bump up? Yeah. And I'm like, can, should I do then, more? Yeah. And then if you're like, oh no, I like the other ones better, but the toning pads too, just to have a little bit higher percentage of acids. And so for more oily acne prone skin types, they can be really beneficial. However, if you live in a place that doesn't have a lot of humidity, they might be too drying. So it's like a part of that is listening to your skin. And I know for me in the winter, I typically always like use toning pads. And then in the summer, you know, I live in the South, it's really humid. I'll switch to toning pads too. So there's a little bit of like listening to your skin the goal is not to be the most extreme. It's to be consistent. Yeah. It's like, what do you want to do one workout a week? Or do you want to work out four times a week? Right. Right. You're going to see better results means. if you, yeah. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, I like that you call your customers patients. I think that's really, <laughs> I, I think that's the way you make people feel. I, I think it's, I think it's really nice. Um, I definitely want to dive deeper into other products as well. As, although I, like I said, I absolutely love the the toning pads, but I think the way that you educate is really unique. Um, even on socials, it'll be like step one, step two, step three, step four of the basics, like you mentioned, and then like one pump or two pumps or wait 30 seconds. Like, I feel like a lot of brands are missing on like some of the basics of, of how to educate. Um, so is that just something that came naturally to you that you just thought like, this is how I need to do it. And how do you think you've helped your customers and, in, in just simplifying the, the education and making it almost foolproof? Yeah, I, that's definitely like what I need. If I'm doing, so I feel very like, I feel like I'm an expert in skincare, but that's it. Right. I don't have any other, I'm not an expert in anything else. You can only, you know, know so much. So if someone gives me like a makeup routine or a hair care routine, like I want you to tell me exactly what to do. And so in my, and I want to always see, you know, an expert in something, I'm not trying to figure it out and, or like a workout routine. I want you to tell me step by step by step. Like, do I need to do 10 reps? Do I need to do 15? How much weight should I do? And so that's just, that's how I learn. And I don't know if that is a bad or good thing, but like, no, I, I think it's a great thing. I, I don't understand yeah. why more people don't do that, but I think, I think it's so effective and so helpful. And like we have, I have decision fatigue and I think we probably all do. I don't want to have to make any other decisions. I essentially want someone who's an expert in something to just tell me what to do. Yeah. To give me a meal plan, I'll follow it. But like, I need to know exactly <laughs> what to put into it. So I think of skincare, like, you know, following a recipe. So you should have like, you know, how much should you use? Because one, you know, 
cost is always a thing. You don't need to be using a whole uh, a whole dropper full if three to five drops is enough. So, and also it's just not going to feel as good on your skin. And I think that I feel like I, you know, I am probably similar to a lot of people, like people that are our customers. And so I feel like I like understand a little bit of, you know, I understand like kind of their needs. Cause I'm like, that's you're me a little bit. Yeah. Talking about a few other products, you, you have like your, your bare necessities pack. Talk to me about what those are and, and what, if people are deciding between what skincare to try, like, what would you say are, are those core found foundation foundational products? Yeah. Like you mentioned. So the bare necessities we created to be that like starting point. And the reason why we have those four products is because again, going back to long-term skin health, which is the goal. And we're not like the overnight promising results campaign because that's just not true. Um, so the bare necessities is going to be your retinoid, your exfoliant, your vitamin C, and your SPF. And so those four things are going to work together to correct your skin, protect your skin, repair your skin, prevent, prevent. That's the fourth one. And so those are the things that you need to make sure that your skin, it's like, it's doing like a full workout for your skin. So you don't just want to be doing bicep curls. You got to do like the full workout. And that's really going to to serve all the areas to stimulate your cellular turnover, which everyone after the age of 18 is losing 1% every year. Um, you don't want, you want to get rid of the dead skin cells on the surface of the skin. You want to be promoting and stimulating collagen production. Um, another thing that decreases as we age, but you also need to be protecting your skin from UV exposure, environmental damage. And that's where the, your antioxidant protection with your sunscreen goes hand in hand. So it's like giving your giving your skin the superfoods that it needs to be healthy and then after you do that, then you can add things to treat if you have dark spots or acne. So those it's like that's that those four are like a non-negotiable or and really starting with sunscreen. Like sunscreen's your top top top. If you're not going to wear sunscreen every day, then you might as well like not invest in any other skincare because it's essentially just like a waste of money. Wow, so like, you feel that strongly about it. Yeah, because your skin is like constantly on the defense. So even if you don't live in a super warm climate, let's say. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And really like even on a cloudy day right now, it's really cloudy. You're getting a lot of UVA exposure. So you're not going to get burned on a cloudy day, but you are going to get aging rays and those aging rays, UVA rays are going deeper into the skin. And that's, what's going to cause collagen breakdown and collagen breakdown is essentially going to cause premature skin aging. Wow. That's, that's wonderful. Well, talk to me about the no, no sun club. I find that really a really fun. I don't, I don't know if it was even intended initially as a marketing initiative or just, um, so do you feel so so strongly about SPF? I failed my entire twenties. I think I've, I failed. So hopefully it won't, won't catch up to me too much, but no, we all do. And like, we should, right. Because if you're not in the sun, that means you're probably not having a very fun life. Um, <laughs> That's so, true. That's a good way to yeah. look at it. I mean, and so we started the No Sun Club kind of as a joke because people were tagging us all the time. And again, going back, like I'm not the idea person. Like I truly cannot remember where the No Sun Club, but it wasn't my idea. It was like people tagging us when they were wearing hats or when they were just being very funny about sun. I like they'd be that. like putting a towel over their head. And so then we just started the No Sun Club because we just started getting tagged all the time in these things. And I'm like, who even thought of it? I don't, I definitely don't think it was me, but, um, so then we just started making the hats and stuff, but I, the something about the no sun club, people probably think we're like telling people to stay out of the sun, but I think this, 
the cool thing about it and what it really means to me is just making like mindful and conscious decisions. And so the goal is to, and so we have these hats that we um, launch periodically and think of it as like, okay, if you're going outside to go on a walk or something, just being thoughtful, like throw on a hat. Like, and that's just being a little bit more mindful and present and that sure. And in, in our situations relating to putting on a hat when you go outside, because those little things are going to add up. And that's like little habits that we have, little habits that we do day to day, they are like kind of defining over time, our life and our health. And so that's really, to me, what the no sun club means. It means get out, have fun, but also just be thoughtful about taking care of yourself. Cause we have, you know, one self, one yeah. body. Yeah. I love that. And one face, which is really important. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, just going back to, to products, just one question I, I think is interesting. Like what is your recommendation for people who are introducing new products into their routine? Like you mentioned sort of like safety and introducing new yes. products. How, how, how should one think about doing it properly? What's, what's your expert opinion on that? So with the bare necessities uh, specifically. And a lot of this is, can be skin type dependent. If you have very sensitive skin, you know, there's different ways you can do it. So I'm going to share like a general. And like I was saying, we recommend always starting with the bare necessities. And so we have this introduction schedule that you'll find on the product page. It's called like the bare introduction schedule. And basically it's begin like this. And you would use your antioxidant, which is liquid gold the first day. You would go down and use your retinoid the second day and your exfoliant the third day. Every day you're wearing sunscreen. So that's like, again, non-negotiable. And so that's, so basically you're starting that scale of like, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then you repeat. So it's just a gradual introduction and we have them follow that for two weeks. If everything's going good, then you can add more days. And so that way you're just gradually introducing these products to your routine. Now we have a lot of people who just use them every day, right off the bat. And they have a little bit of, a, you know, maybe some dryness, some irritation, and then they just roll with it and then their skin adjusts. But it's a lot of people don't want to deal with that because you're putting your face out in the world and you don't want to like feel like it's looking sketchy. Yeah. Although, like I said, I've tried so many different products and I found them to be super effective while not having that effect, which is is not the norm, I would say. Typically there is some sort of window, but I find that um, really interesting. Um, let's talk about building the brand and branding. Why barefaced? Um, what was your initial intention in terms of aesthetic and, and what was your vision for the brand? So when I think about aesthetic, we've had a rebrand, which is so good. Um, I know about skincare a lot, right? And that's kind of like what I leaned on when we were starting the brand. And I also know how I like to be approached when by certain brands. And I wanted to make sure I know how to educate. And that's kind of where I feel like those are the areas that I leaned into. And that's kind of like how I started the brand. And so for the first year, I would say that's, those are like the two pillars that, you know, make sure the product is like results driven, stands out, like that has to obviously be there. And then making sure you're educating on how to properly use the product. So that kind of goes hand in hand, how to like educating people just on their skin. And then when I think about the aesthetic, I knew I didn't like it at first, but it was really just all I could afford. And so then when we did our rebrand, that was really exciting because I like was able to hire a design team and then like kind of voiced out my vision for, I want this to be a line that's yes, medical grade. So it still has that in inside the bottles is, is like sciencey and results driven, but I also want it to feel fun. I want to have fun in life. You know, I want to, I want it to feel like cheerful and happy. So I want it to, to 
from the exterior feel like that, but then knowing that like on the inside, you got good stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, let's talk about marketing. You mentioned you're you're newly exploring new channels, paid, social, and things of that nature. Um, talk to me about what marketing initiatives or or messaging or communications been most effective for you beyond your community and acquiring new customers. So this is this is a kind of a hard question for me because I feel like we've never focused on marketing again until really this year. You probably uh, didn't need to, I would imagine. Yeah. And we were really just trying to keep up. And so, and I think looking back, so we never, nothing was, you know, I was just trying to keep up, but now looking back, I actually think it ended up being a really good marketing strategy because all we were trying to do was serve our existing customer. And so, and try to provide them like the best experience. And then what they did was they became the mouthpiece for the brand. Like they were referring and that's why we were still growing really rapidly, but it was through like referrals. We weren't working with influencers. We weren't, this is just normal people. It's not like we had an influencer. Yeah. And I I think that like speaks volumes about the brand, like the product hundred percent, but then also like just people want like they were like wanting to be a part of the brand and they've truly like the the founding people really like have created the brand into like what it is because we just continue to listen to them and continue to like serve them and i think you know if anyone's starting a business we always think oh we got to grow we got to grow right that's what you always think new customer acquisition but really like if you serve your existing customer even if that's five people like if they then refer if you're giving them like an ex like an exceptional experience and making them feel valued. And I tell our customer service team this all the time, like you need to be, and we have more customer service team members than we need because I want them to have time to like answer these questions. And I don't want them to feel like they're like, I got to get through 300 emails today. Like I'm in such a rush. So we have like a larger team because I want them to feel like they have time and that each person feels like they're the only like person that's ever ordered from us. So like, we're just, you know, we can chat as much as you need if you have any questions. And ultimately I think that that caused, it was like a marketing experiment that I didn't even know was happening. Um, and I feel like that's been the biggest, you know, you see a lot of these brands that like a couple of influencers like kick it off, but I think we're just normal people, you know? And it's like been cool because it actually shows it's still the most powerful form of new customer acquisition. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I, and I I never like to speak negatively of any other brands or influencers or anything of that nature, but you've definitely done something differently in building your community. So I'm curious, just reflecting back on building this community, what do you think you've done that's different? Aside from being a nurse practitioner, that's really resonated with your community. That's, you know, ha- ha- given you so much like support. And like you said, like no negativity. What 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 do you think you've done that's been most effective in, in building this community that's, that's been sustainable because I think mm-hmm. that's, that's a key component too. a lot. Some of these influencers have built these brands. They've been successful for, you know, maybe a, a, a blip of time and then yeah. they sort of fall off. So how do you build a sustaining community? Something that a couple things are coming to mind. One, I just feel like I am who I am. Like I, I think that's been really, I've just always been myself and, you know, sometimes that's probably pretty cringe to people, but like, I'm never, (laughs) I give you credit for, yeah, for just putting it out there. I know it's (laughs) it's risky. Yeah. And, but I think like, it's, that's something that, you know, they're seeing and people who are 
following along on my account, like they're seeing the same person, you know, like over and over and over and over. So it's like, they're seeing that consistency and, you know, like with skincare, like with anything to me, like consistency is everything. And so it's like, I'm consistently showing up and like the same person all the time. So I think that's been really big. Also, I think just keeping like the main thing, the main thing. I post about like four different things. I post about, you know, life stuff, my life, whether that's like family, um, kids, whatever, travels and skincare and just like random hacks that I like randomly, but I didn't ever do that. At first I was only doing skincare family. So I was like, you know, adding a level of like humanness to the brand or to my account. It wasn't just like skincare and I think as the brand's grown, we've gotten offered so many different opportunities. And I do feel like where I, and I haven't always done this, but I feel like I've had a lot of, um, I have a lot of clarity on like what I see for the brand and a lot of philosophy that I like to like think about and live by is like less, but better. And so, and that's what I kind of thought of when like working with the products that we have now, like how can we do the the least amount, but the best? Cause we're not trying to like, offer every product under the sun. And so I feel like when we keep the main thing, the main thing, it keeps the message clear. And like, we're not, we we definitely like keep up with trends as a brand, but we're not like a trendy brand. Like right. what, when I'm saying these are the four core products, like it's not just because I'm saying it, it's also because I can back it up with scientific, like research, evidence-based research. It's not like, you know, I think these are the four core products. Like I'm not really like I'm just utilizing what's already out there and available to say like, no, these are the core four products that you need for long-term skin health. And so I think keeping that message clear over and over and over and just like reintroducing uh, it and educating on it in different ways has been like, and saying no to opportunities. And that's been something that I read in uh, Good to Great too. It was like a brand doesn't die because, I can't remember, because of XYZ, but it dies because capturing and like doing too many things, too many opportunities. And I think we, we were looking at acquiring this company earlier this year. You were looking yes. to acquire or they were looking to acquire you? We were looking to oh, acquire. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And it was this it's really, really cool company. And I, I still think it's a cool company. And we probably sent six months in due diligence. Um, but there was like two red flags. Um, one, I felt like it was going to confuse our message. And, uh, so that to me means like, it's gonna, I don't want to ever like do anything that's going to mess with our brand integrity and like our brand messaging because, uh, everything's confusing in life, right? Decision fatigue everywhere. So like keeping the message clear. And I imagine it was also, outside of the skincare realm without mentioning who or what. Yes, it was, it was in, it was outside, but it was like a device. Okay. It a, got it. It was a device that was like pair well, but I, it was just going to like, it was going to be too involved. It was going to add too much complexity that like we're just not ready for like we're and so it was just like you know I don't need to do everything I need to do the best at like the one thing and then also the second reason we did it is because the more I learned about the company we we're going to acquire that you know a lot of times when you acquire I say this like I know this is the one experience I have <laughs> but you know you have to be involved you sound like you're an expert already <laughs> this is what I'm going to tell you no uh is that you obviously have to deal with the person that oh, you're yeah. buying it from yeah. And it's like, hold on, hold yeah, you on. better like them. <laughs> yeah. You better like them and feel like they are also like, they have the same philosophy in what you're, you want to. And those two things weren't adding up. And so, I mean, it's like a pretty costly experience too, by the time, cause you want all the lawyers to dig in, like get this due diligence. It's probably like 50, $50,000, but it wasn't, 
And I just like gut intuition. I was like, you know what? I was so excited about it first because it's a really, really cool thing. But it's just like, you know, we're not ready. I have to like protect Bareface. And I feel like it's like my responsibility as like founder and CEO to like protect. It's like protecting your family like as a mama bear. That's essentially like what it feels yeah, like. Yeah, absolutely. I got to protect it because everyone else also like they see, I think like they're seeing like, oh, what the potential could be. And like they want in. Yeah, I bet. Well, but then they don't know, like they don't have your like, potentially like your, they don't have your best interest and your brand's best interest. They have their best interest. So you have to like process everything through this lens of like, and the more stuff you say no to, I feel like the more successful you're going to be. Oh yeah. Especially if you're saying no to, to the right things. If you listen to this podcast, you likely know that Shopify is the go-to e-commerce platform, helping millions sell to billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing in person at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. <laughs> Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. With Shopify POS, you can take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. The best part? With Shopify POS, effortlessly unite your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash glam, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash glam to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash G-L-A-M. Now back to this episode. On, on that topic, is there anything you would have done differently in retrospect in the last couple of years or anything that you um, regret saying no to? I think that something like I would do differently. And I don't know if I could have done it differently, but if I could have, I would have, I was doing everything in the business at first. And that was like, I don't know how I would have done. I wouldn't, I wasn't able to afford to like hire, you know, a bunch of different people, but I think doing everything, looking back, I'm like, if, feels like it was helpful in the sense that I know every aspect of the business. I know what our customer, like I know how to like talk to the customer service team because I know what the customers are asking. Like I was the customer service team and I know, like I know how to work with our social media managers because I was the social media manager. Like I know all those aspects, but uh, I do feel like there's areas that like I definitely dropped the ball on that. uh, And most of that, none of that's with like the skincare aspect and none of that's with like the exterior of like how we educated and how the brand is. But I feel like, and now we have a full on uh, like finance team. Like I feel like there was just, like, I didn't know I had to like pay a bunch of fees and like sales tax and stuff because I was all this stuff that you don't know about business that you're like, Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, I was getting like all these penalties, all these fees, because I didn't know that I was supposed to be like paying these different people. And then I obviously, then you have to pay like three times the amount. And then I would say something that I've gotten really, really psycho about is hiring. And at first I think I was just so desperate for people that I was just like, Oh gosh, like whoever can help me can help me. And now like (laughs) our, our culture is like, 
very, very important to me. And having that, like, I want to enjoy my day-to-day life and I want to make sure no, I, this should be a place that you enjoy working. And I love coming to work and I want everyone who works with Bareface to feel like that. And so really being intentional about, you know, who we have on our team. Yeah, of course. As you've built the brand and and you you have such, um, you know, like you mentioned, strong customer retention and, and real passion for the brand, has it been easier to, to acquire or attract really great talent that is, you know, equally or, or as passionate about Bareface? Yeah, it actually has. And I, I think about some of our team and what's been really cool is that they have taken ownership and I'm not like a micromanager. And I feel like people who have, a lot of the people that work for us followed me before. And I think no one connects with everyone. So I I get that. And I'm thankful that they fall because I'm thankful that they did follow me before, because I think that I showed my personality enough that I feel like the majority of the people that even apply, they already know like me enough that they probably know, okay, the team probably like meshes with her too kind of thing. And I think that's, that's really been advantageous as we hire, because a lot of the people that we brought on do feel like a very natural fit because I'm sure, I'm sure I annoy a lot of people and they probably would never want to work for me. So they're probably never going to apply, you know? So it's like the people that are like, oh, I kind of vibe with her. She might be my friend. Maybe I would like apply for her role. And we've had people now that when they do apply, you can sense, I I feel like you can train anything, but you can't train personality. You can't train like work ethic and self-motivation. And that's something that I am like, we had a uh, pop-up a couple weeks ago in LA and we had four of our team members there. And I was just, we went around after the uh, event and this is something I love to do. Actually, you should do this. This is just fun to do with friends, but you go around, uh, And you just say like, you know, what you're thankful for about that person. And it doesn't have to be related to like, you know, a specific event or anything, just like what character traits that you see. And it's really life-giving because you don't always see those things in yourself and you don't see like what people appreciate about in you. And so we go around after this event and it's a long event. It was like 10 hours. So we were like at dinner and we're like, let's play the game. Let's play the compliment game. And it's like, it was calling out these different, different things. And, um, so each person goes and we all kind of go around. It's definitely awkward when it's your turn. Cause you're like cringing. You're like, Oh God, thank you. You know, <laughs> thanks for saying that. But, um, anyway, so what I was so appreciative of, of each of those, uh, team members that we had there, they're like drive, they have taken the brand like to the next level because they've taken so much ownership in that. And that's not something I could have ever trained. They just now like, and I, I feel like I've let them, if you're, if you need to be like micromanaged, if you need to be in an office environment, like definitely we're not the place for you, but if you're ready to like take your, and all of these, all of these people too, they've started in different roles and then now they've created their own roles and like really taken ownership in a way that I feel like it is so cool to see. And now it's like, I don't have to worry about them. They just do what they need to do and they know what they need to do. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, You mentioned before, you know, building this team, you were sort of doing it all. Um, and I'm curious how you've been able to balance all aspects of your life. You have four beautiful children. How have you been able to to manage everything? So I think that goes back to um, delegating and figuring out what is the most important thing for me as a like business owner, mom, wife to be doing. And so I remember someone telling me that probably it was actually after I had my first daughter. So like four and a half years ago, they're like, you know, you need to write out. And that's what I love, you know, writing out. I feel like that just helps me kind of like my brain figure it out, write out like, what are the most important things you can do, you know, as a mom, as a wife 
as a business owner and then work on delegating the rest out. And so that's really what I try to do. And so to me, like with my kids, quality time is like the most important thing. And the one way that I've gotten really like intentional about that is time blocking my schedule. And so I time block every single day. And that way I'm not feeling like, cause inevitably we always feel like we have something to do, right? Like we can always be doing something, but like, I don't want to feel like that with when I'm with my kids. And I don't want to feel like that when I'm at work, feeling guilty that I'm not with my kids. Yeah. So it's like that balance of saying like, Hey, I've allotted like, so I, a lot of times in the morning won't work until 11 or 12 and I'll block that time to just spend with them. I work from 11 to five and I'm in work mode and I try to, that has really helped me like be intentional about where I spend my time, how I spend my time, anything that I feel like is not so, so on the weekends, I'm not really focused on like picking up my house all the time because it's like, that's my time when I'm only with my kids. And so I'll let things like go to the wayside a little bit because to me, I'm like, no, that's not my priority is like keeping up with the laundry, you know? And so I really try to focus on it doesn't matter like when the laundry gets done, but it does mean a lot like me putting my kids down to sleep at night or me making sure I'm spending like, you know, quality time playing with them or going on date nights with my husband. And so the things that we've been able to, as we've been able to afford it, we've like outsourced. And there's definitely ways to do this too, like with like meal planning and that way you're not spending, no one wants to come home from work and like have to cook. Tell me about it. It's a nightmare and it makes you I'm so glad to hear you say that. Yeah. No, I just, I can't. And then no, especially, you know, what's even worse is if your husband doesn't like the meal, do you know how, like, you're like, he's like, I'm going to a whole podcast and I swear my, the only thing my husband and I fight over is food and cooking. Well, he's yeah. useless. He doesn't do anything, but like, I'm like, sorry. Like I, I'm just not born a good cook just because I'm yeah. a woman. I'm like, sorry. Like yeah. it's not, it's There's not so happening. That's hysterical. Prepping. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not, I don't cook either because I just, I can't, I, I can't, I maybe in my fifties, I always say that in my fifties, I want to like <laughs> learn how to cook, but right now I just need to eat. I don't really care. I just need like food. And yeah. so whether that's like, you know, we do these like meal services or like we, whatever it is. What meal like, service do you like? I'm curious. Oh, we've done a ton um, of different ones and I kind of like rotate, uh, you know, we've done like all the, the hello freshes and the home chefs, but that to me is still too much cooking. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're like, like oh, make it fun. I'm like, this is not, fun. no, it's not fun. And it's yeah. So right that now, so funny. I, I know something's I know. gotta, I, something's gotta drop, right? You, yes. it's not like everything can be managed. So that's interesting. No, and I think what you, you shouldn't try to do it all. You'll go crazy. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, it's just terrible. But I'm I'm glad to hear you say that too. Because oh yeah, I, I totally same page. Like I know. I, I I don't know when when that. Well, I do know when that became that became what it is. But yeah. I think I think nowadays it's it's changed a lot. Um, I'm curious in your in your life, like what are your best like tips and tricks for your routine in, in, in terms of like you know your workout routine and and uh, your you know like you said the meal plans to sort of optimize your lifestyle. What are what are your yeah. tri- your tips? tips and tricks for that. Number one tip is sleep. (laughs) Number one, like I try to prioritize sleep over, you know, getting that. And I know where I feel best. Everyone has like a different, maybe, you know, seven, nine hours, whatever, but I can do anything if I get sleep because I'm emotionally stable. Um, and so I really try to like set up my, like, night around, okay. And maybe that means turning off my phone 30 minutes to an hour before kind of like decompressing through the day. Cause I can run really 
really like ramped up. That's just who I am. I did a live a couple of weeks ago and someone was like, wow, chill out on the Adderall. I'm like, guys, you don't even want to see me take an Adderall. Like you think that I'm this is going to bother you, but I, that's just like how I am. And so I need to decompress and like kind of chill. Otherwise I'll be like thinking of too many things. So prioritizing sleep definitely is like very important. I don't watch a lot of TV. Um, and going back to like time blocking has really been something that makes me feel like I can kind of get done what I need to get done. Because one of my 2023 resolutions was I'm going to stop saying I don't have time for this because that's actually not true. It's because I'm choosing not to make the time for it. And like, that's not an excuse. Like it doesn't really matter what you have going on. Like you you have time to do the things that you want to do. And you might not be choosing, like you might just be wasting your time, but you have time. Yeah, it's not I think that's a, a great point. Um, I also love that you've been really open with your community about what, uh, not work you have done, but what injectables you have done or procedures, whatever word you'd like to yeah. use. Um, I'm curious, like, what is your your full routine beyond skincare for for you know aging gracefully and if you yeah, will. maintenance? Yeah. There you go. That's the perfect word for it. What is what is yeah. your perfect routine for maintenance? I'm I'm curious. Yeah. Okay. Love this question. Uh, so I think that I think of like aging as in like, to me, what aging is the best gift that we have. Cause the alternative is that we're not here. So I feel like this fear of aging is so annoying. Another thing I don't like when people say is like, oh, I'm like old, I can't do this. I'm talking like 30 year olds are saying this kind of stuff. You know, it's not like, it's not like my grandmother's saying this, like that's valid. You know, it's 30 year olds. They're like, oh, I, you know, back when we were young, I'm like, what are you talking about? We are young. We're all nostalgic. <laughs> yeah. But I think also like that can get in your mind too. Like, I don't like thinking like that. It's like, I want to think that, you know, this is just, I'm young until I'm not, you know, and I'm young until I'm dead. But, um, so what I think of is just like these maintenance treatments is to look and feel like the best. Right. But I don't want to like try to look like I'm 10, like I'm trying to be younger. I want to maintain, Great and, you know, I got, yeah. Like, I think that's the wrong approach or, or because- too done. I think that's, Yes. It's way better to look older and wrinkled than weird. Like yes. always, especially so, in person because <laughs> people look a little bit different on, on Instagram. So yes. Yeah. So I think of just like, I, the face, I know exactly like how the face ages just from being an injector, being in this space. And so to me, when I think about injectables and treatments, I think about it as like replacing, replacing age-related volume loss harmonizing the face so that like you're, you're adding to these areas or potentially, um, like treating these areas that are, that are having natural changes due to aging. And so someone who's getting these treatments done, like you're not looking at them and thinking, oh, they look so much younger. You're just thinking like, oh, they look refreshed. They look healthy. They look awake. They don't look tired. Like those are the things that you should feel like they just look healthy. They look like themselves. And the people that you see that look strange, it's just because they're not the provider is not in treating their face holistically because so many people, let's say lips, for example, you're going in and you're like, oh, I want to get my lips done. And they're like, okay, sure. Well, really, uh, you should be going into an office and they should be telling you kind of like doing a facial assessment, telling you, hey, okay. And some of this has to do with age. Some of this has to do with genetics. You know, if you're really, if you're really thin, you're going to lose a lot more volume loss to your face. So it doesn't really matter your age. Uh, you might be 30, but like, because you have 
so much volume loss, you're going to need more, um, you know, treatments done. But the goal should always be like treating holistically. So that might mean the lips are like the very last thing you should do. So you know how I was saying like the foundation of your skincare, same thing is with office treatments, like everything should start with the foundation. You know what the foundation is of our face, our bones. So like our bones, they start to, if you look at a older skeleton skull, uh, it's going to have wider holes for the eyes, which makes sense. We start to get hollowed out. It's going to have areas like this, uh, all these areas in the bones start to uh, get, they can, there's shifts that happen. And then on top of that, there's fat pads. So that would be like filler. There's, uh, skin laxity. There's so many layers, but you have to work on that foundation. So if you're not true, so that's why I love temple filler because it's like restoring these or temple filler sculpture or whatever, because it's restoring areas of just volume loss that you would never know, but you would look at someone and think, oh, they just look like hmm. healthier. Because when you start to get hollowed out temples, you just don't look as healthy because you have more shadows. And that makes you look aged. And aged is like the way people perceive it is like the more shadows essentially you can see in your face, the more aged that you're going to look. And that just gives you a harsher look. You almost just look nicer (laughs) if you have less shadows. But then I feel like with the filler, like most people just really overdo it. So I'm curious, what is your, what is your exact routine? Right. My routine, my routine. Yeah. Like how many times a year are you getting it done? Like, yes, just curious. Obviously everybody's face is individual, but I'm, I'm curious. Yes. Okay. So I get Botox. I probably get Botox or some type of neurotoxin three times a year. And again, going back to holistic approach, I treat my full face. So I'm treating forehead, um, between the, between the eyes, forehead around, uh, the eyes. I also do on the bridge of the nose. That's your bunny lines. If you don't treat this area and you're treating all this, this muscle on the nose can get hyperactive. Uh, and then I also treat lower face. This is really important. And a lot of people don't treat these areas, but only treating half the face. Well, this part of your face is going to age a lot better. And this is going to age more poorly women because we are really expressive. We get a lot more lines around our mouth and we get a lot more downward turn. It's also our skin too. It's a combo of things, but you just notice women have more lines around their mouth and more like just age, uh, showing their age than men. So treating the lower face chin is really important. Um, on the corners of the mouth. So the corners of the mouth don't turn down and then platysmal bands, which are your neck bands. So the, <laughs> I don't know if anyone can, uh, we're recording this for visual, but if you clench your jaw really tight, you can see all these bands in your neck and what they're doing is the gravity. They're pulling you down. So these are areas that you can just like eliminate some of this, like pull down on the face so that your face just again, looks softer. Um, so that's something I do three times a year filler is something I do based on like my assessment. And I would say for someone who doesn't, who's not an injector, who's not in the space, that would be where you find a trusted injector. I have not had filler in over five years. People will sit there and tell you like this filler lasts for one year. This filler lasts for six months. That's not true. Like filler can last for a decade. I have filler under my eye that I had eight years ago. So when did you first start? I'm curious. 20, uh, I think I first started getting Botox when I was 24 and then I got so young. Yeah. And I probably got it like once a year at that point. And it was only because I was in the industry, you know, like I would have never paid to get it and you don't really need to get it at that point, unless you have lines that are like really, really bothering you. There's no need to get it. And then I probably had filler the first time when I was 26 and I had it underneath. Yeah. So 26. So I had it, uh, maybe I was 20. The last time I had it when I was, was when I was 28. So it was eight years ago, but I still, I would still wouldn't get filler here because I don't need it. 
But I think the problem is when people overdo it is it, they're told that these treatments only last a certain amount of time, but that's not how you should treat something. You should treat it based on an assessment. You should like visually look at someone and say, hey, not like, oh, it's been a year. Let's retreat this area. Right. That's not the way you do that. Wow. And that's like where people get going overdone. back so, to ethics. That's how, that's yeah, how uh, it, people, you know, that's their yeah, business. Yeah, and that's how you start so. to look weird. So my maintenance is really pretty minimal. I get Botox, you know, three times a year and then, and then I will get filler like as needed. And for me, like, um, I, in those five years, I've been pregnant three times. So I had a lot of shifts in my face and stuff. So I really wanted to make sure that like my weight had balanced out because when you gain and lose weight, uh, even just five pounds can affect the face. And so that's why I, one of the reasons too, why I waited that long. Um, but I would say, so, so I just had filler and some sculpture done last week, but I'll wait. And then if I need a touch up, I'll go in and get it. But otherwise I probably will wait four years. Wow. That's incredible. That's a great tip. Cause I think you're right. I think people are under the you definitely don't. You have to yeah. be on this schedule of some sort or, no. um, but yeah, I've been people very, very hesitant to do the filler because I, yeah. I see so many people it's, it's so overdone, but, um, yeah, I saw, you know, I saw maintenance, though, I want to tell you that is important is skin, um, skin treatments that you can get done in office. Oh yeah. And laser treatments. Like what? It, yeah. That's yes. a great point. So, yeah. And I would say that to me is like more important because our skin is just like, it's our first line of defense to get against everything. So it's like, it makes sense that, you know, it needs a lot of, it needs a lot of love if you want it to stay healthy and if you want it to produce collagen. So I would say doing treatments like microneedling and like laser resurfacing, if you could do one of those treatments every year, that would be great. And that's, yeah. and like, you know, whether that's like a chemical peel, microneedling, skin resurfacing. So it's really it's everyone, you know, you can have a pretty minimal routine and it's maybe if you're doing Botox three times a year and getting one of those treatments, maybe that's, you know, $1,500 a year. Yeah. Well, yeah. That seems more reasonable because it starts to get really crazy. So yeah. yeah I, I mean, think- the older you get, the more expensive it's going to be because there's more invasive treatments that you're going to potentially benefit from. That's why really prevention and doing these early interventions with just wearing sunscreen every day, like those things to prevent premature skin aging, you're going to have a lot less to correct. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is such a great point. I think that's why people are being more mindful in investing in their skincare routines because they know ultimately they're, they're going to pay the price down the road. If, if, you know, that's something that's important to them. Yeah. Um, what has been the most rewarding part of building the brand and, and building this community for you? You know, I think, and I was looking at our vision and mission statement because we were like reworking it the other day. And I think something that's so cool is that I, I don't know if you follow the, if you do the Enneagram at all, but yeah, yeah, I'm an eight. (laughs) You're an eight. I'm like a textbook eight. Yes. You are. My mom's an eight. I'm very familiar with eights. Uh, so I'm a three and three, like Enneagram is like, uh, you want to feel valued or valuable, sorry, valuable. And your biggest fear is being worthless. And so for me, it's very fulfilling to know that like our, the skincare that people are using and the recommendations, and this is whether they use Bareface or they just find help with like the tips that we give that it's like adding value to their life. And it's like enhancing their life in a way that makes them feel more comfortable because I know what it's like to feel uncomfortable having like your face is your face. It's what you're putting out in the world. And I know what it feels like to feel like uncomfortable with your skin and to feel comfortable with your skin, like does give you more confidence. And so when we get these messages about like, I love knowing that we're providing like clarity and simplicity to people's life. Like that feels very, very fulfilling to me. And knowing that like they're seeing changes in their skin. 
And the fact that people trust, like the fact that people trust us is just like so amazing. I like, I feel like we say that all the time. Like, thank you for trusting us with your skin because you know, there's a million places that people can buy stuff from and get stuff from. And it's just like, feels like, and I take that very serious. Like I want to make sure that anything we ever put out there, anything recommendation that we are, you know, worthy of their trust. Yeah. I think you're definitely worthy of people's trust. And I think that's the, the amazing thing about the brand as well is you've made it so relatable and, and being so transparent and open and honest and, and providing that educational component in a really easy way. I think it's just made it, um, really appealing for a lot of people. Um, so for my final question, I won't, I won't take up much more of your time. Um, what's next for you and for barefaced. So I think, uh, something that it's probably like not that exciting for people, but I feel like, uh, we have finally, so we're three years in and I feel like we're finally, finally in like a flow we've created systems. So I, you know, I mentioned like I was doing a lot of stuff at first, we've slowly grown the team. Um, and now we've got a lot of systems in place that in some automated systems, some are just like systems are amazing that that's changed my life because so many times, like we were working in the business instead of on the business. And so for me, what's really exciting is a great point. Yeah. And so for me, like, but you have to, like, if you don't have these systems in place, like I was in for the first, you know, two years, probably I was in social every day, but now we have all these systems in place that like, we have a whole medical training document. So that way, like our, they're pulling education. There's just all these different systems that I'm not the point person all the time. And so for me, I feel really excited that we're now in these, we've got these flows and routines for our, for our team to follow that now, like, really focusing on working on the business and being able to like reach a whole new like group of people and just like really focusing on like expanding our reach. But because our, our, I mentioned our vision and mission, but I was, we really want to be like the most, tr- the most trusted, but also the most service centered um, medical grade skincare line. And so I feel like now we have the tools to do that. We grew out our customer service team. Like we're doing these different things that now we can really we can really focus on serving and educating more people. Yeah. And I meant to ask that you, feels- well, are, are you planning on expanding into retail or or what does the future for Bareface look like? You know, I get that question asked all the time. And I think maybe at some point we will, but we won't probably ever be like at a Sephora or anything. Like our, our product, I would say we'd be like at a medical office before, you know, med spas or um, derm or plastic surgeon's office, something like that because they require some education and like, I would be nervous if they were like at Sephora, because I feel like that's just a, that's a group of people that like, they like to try a bunch of different things, which there's nothing wrong with that. That's just not the kind of people that we want (laughs) to like, we want people that are like ready to invest in their skincare and ready to be consistent with something. But it's the, it's the person that wants to try and do a lot of things that a lot of times they're going to have more skin issues. They're going to have, they're going to be like underwhelmed with the products that they're using because they're never giving, mixing too many things together and they're never giving anything like the proper amount of time to do, do what it needs to do. But that's maybe like, I don't know, five year. I really want to make sure that like, again, going back to brand integrity, like I want our brand to be solid. And I love having our direct line of communication to our customers because we can make changes quickly. We can like address any type of question concern. And I feel like if we pulled to like a third party we're going to lose a little bit of that. And I feel like we're just not, I don't want to do that yet. (laughs) So definitely like, it's not out of the question, but it's not on like, it's not on a timeline by any means. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me in this conversation today. For anyone who wants to find out more information on yourself and Bareface, where can I direct them? 
Um, you can direct them to at Jordan Harper underscore NP and is a nurse P is in Paul or nurse practitioner. Uh, and then at bear face. <laughs> thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. This is so fun. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to leave a review and subscribe to all future episodes. For show notes and resources mentioned, go to glamandgrow.co. This show is produced by Wavebreak. If you're an e-commerce marketing leader who wants to take your email and CRM program to the next level, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co. Thanks so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Wavebreak. Most brands don't email right and it costs them. With ad costs getting more and more expensive, a world-class email and SMS program is essential. This is why Wavebreak exists. We're the premier email and SMS marketing agency that helps brands take their retention programs to the next level. If you want to learn more about partnering with us and how we can help, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co slash call.